Well, the cardia, Shaw Jerry Adams, August Tamayon, Arish, August Boris Grat, a Sulagom Gowel Shivsha, Gumoy. The scale of the assault by Palestinian fighters into Israel last week is unparalleled. And the scenes of death and destruction are heartbreaking. All of that, I think, is a dreadful indictment, not just of those involved, but also of the international community and the failure to stand up for the rights of the Palestinians and of the imperative of upholding international law. And the shock and anger and despair, and I, I have to confess it is really, really saddening to see what is developing, is not the answer. Even against the awfulness of what is emerging, and as the Israeli forces mass to invade Gaza, and as they pound uh, the people of that city, we have to remain resolute and focused on the need to build a peace process, no matter how unlikely or difficult that seems at the moment, that's how it will end up. The difficulty is how many people will have died or many lives will have been destroyed between now and then. There is no way that the Israeli forces can destroy Hamas. And incidentally, I am not a supporter of Hamas, but I do acknowledge that they do have the democratic franchise and vote of the people in the Gaza Strip. Another am I a supporter clearly of the Israeli forces. I am a supporter of the people of Palestine and I do support the two state solution, although the Israeli government's successive ones have made that nigh impossible. So let's look as things develop at the roots of this conflict. And in my humble opinion, the roots of the current events are to be found in the failure of the international community to challenge Israeli aggression and to continue with illegal occupation of Palestinian land and to recognize the rights of the Palestinian people. And that includes our own government, which is in denial and defiance of a motion of the Oireachtas of both houses of the parliament in Dublin that the state of Palestine should be recognized by the Irish government. So look at, you know, if you want at the last 75 years or before then, when all of the 
refugee camps were set up when the Palestinian people were evicted from their homes and from their land, or in the last number of years, or even just for the past year, where there have been increased killings of Palestinians, particularly children, by the Israeli Defence Forces and by Israeli settlers. And at the same time, the theft of Palestinian land, the existence of the separation wall, the growth in Israeli settlements are illegal, and the destruction of Palestinian schools and homes and sources of water and the imprisonment of thousands of prisoners has largely been ignored by the international community. History teaches us that when colonisers engage in wholesale military, political and economic repression and ignore the democratic rights of citizens, this is likely to lead to conflict. That's not new. It's a story of colonisation in countless states across the world, including here in Ireland. And I warned of the potential of this in April 2009 during a visit to the region. And during my time in the West Bank and Jerusalem and in the Gaza Strip, I met with a large number of NGOs, Israeli and Palestinian, including human rights organisations, women's groups, community organisations, local Israeli politicians, all the main Palestinian political parties. And in a report on the visit, I wrote that decades after the emergence of the Israeli state and the partition of Palestine, and with the increasing sophistication of weapons of war on all sides, it's clear that no wall can provide permanent peace or security. Refusing to engage in dialogue, demonizing opponents, treating them as non-citizens, stripping them of their rights and entitlements, of their self-esteem and integrity as human beings, engaging in censorship and vilification, all that makes war easier and peace harder. It is a policy which guarantees a perpetuation of the cycle of conflict. The alternative then, and my report argued for this, and the alternative now is obvious. A dialogue, negotiations, more dialogue, stay at it, keep at it. And after the weekend's events, what should happen next? In 2009, I proposed that all armed actions or threats of armed actions should cease immediately. That an inclusive process of negotiations should commence in which all democratic mandates are respected, clear objectives set, and that there's no fixed time frame, and that the siege of the Gaza Strip should end, and that there should be an immediate and intensive programme of reconstruction and economic development. I also argued that the ongoing Israeli colonisation of the West Bank and the building of settlements should stop. So... All of the big powers, the British government, which is not a big power any longer, but the US government in particular, the European Union, our own government, all of these powers who are either supporting the Israeli onslaught and potentially devastating uh, escalation in the times of head, instead of supporting this, they should be saying, stop, that all armed actions, 
or threats of armed actions should cease immediately. So that's the challenge to those in power throughout the world. The occupation of the West Bank and the denial of freedom of movement in the West Bank and in the Gaza Strip, the, the denial of freedom of movement of Palestinians in these regions and between the West Bank and Gaza, it has to end. And there, there needs to be efforts of cooperation, unlikely though that may seem, between Palestinians and Israelis to enhance security. That's the best security. The best security for the state of Israel is the security for the state of Palestine. There are numerous UN resolutions. There are clear international laws. They should be enforced. So instead of supporting the breaches of these international laws, our government, the British government, the governments of Europe, the European Union itself, the US government, should insist that international law is enforced. So that's what I said in 2009. And that's even more necessary today. 75 years after the State of Israel was established and millions of Palestinians were forced from their homes to become refugees, the imperative of achieving a political settlement is more urgent than ever. And however difficult it will be, as I said at the beginning of this little piece, this is the time for dialogue. As I've said, and I repeat it again, the demand of the international community must be for an end of all violence. And those who were decrying last week's terrible events should organise an international intervention to establish a proper negotiations process. Nothing else is acceptable. And the Irish government could and should lead and play a leadership role in such an initiative. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue is what is required as soon as possible. And as soon as possible means now. Because the alternative which is emerging is too terrible to contemplate. On Saturday, the Moore Street Preservation Trust had a wonderfully well-supported 1916 women's tour of Moore Street. And the recent uh, production by Robert Bala, the internationally renowned Irish artist, of a limited edition print was a timely reminder of the key role women played in the 1916 rise. And too often in our history, women's role and contribution has either been ignored or found only in the margins of the stories of our past. And the reality was very different. And Robert Ballas' print, HQ 1916 Moor Street, places three women where they deserve at the heart of the 1916 story. 
along with Connolly and Clark and Plunkett and Pierce and McDermott, Julia Grennan, Winifred Carney and Elizabeth O'Farrell, were in number 16 Moore Street. The women had stayed throughout Easter week in the GPO. They moved with the garrison from the GPO to Moore Street and to the fateful meeting at which the leaders took the decision to order the surrender. Nurse O'Farrell was tasked with the dangerous responsibility of going to the British lines. She met with the British General Lowe. A short time later, Podrick Pierce, accompanied by O'Farrell, left the Moore Street headquarters of the Provisional Government and walked to Parnell Street, where he met with Lowe. In the original photograph taken of that meeting, only Nurse O'Farrell's feet can be seen, and in many of the later reproductions she was brushed out. In fairness, she did say that she stepped back from the photograph so that Pierce, the leader, would be the primary figure. So to mark this historic event, the Moore Street Trust, which is committed to saving Moore Street from developers and which has produced a plan to build a cultural historic quarter, on Saturday they organised a 1916 women's tour and that reflected on the contributions these three women and the rest of the women of the 1916 Rising made. We met just after a rally in support of the people of Palestine and not long after 2.30 at the GPO at an event hosted by Dublin singer and actress Imelda May and narrated by Liz Gillis and Donna O'Brien. We made our way along across Henry Street, up Moor Street, and through the main points of interest along that route. And Liz Gillis is a well-known historian, and Honorable O'Brien is the grandniece of 1916 leader Joseph Plunkett. And there was song, and there was street theatre, and there were words of information and education, and there was a, a Great support shown, not just by those who were on the tour, and they included many, many, many women, understandably, but also by passers-by and by people who were just out doing their shopping. So this was a a great event. Many, many, many thanks, Ked Mila, Mila, Mila Buihas, to Goharaha, Amelda May, very, very special thanks to Amelda May, but also to Liz Gillis and Honor O'Brien, who represents the Mercy Preservation Trust, and Christina McLaughlin, whose great uncle, Sean McLaughlin, took over the garrison when James Connolly was uh, seriously wounded. She also was there to preside over events. So thanks to them all and to everyone who took part and to everyone who attended. Now is the time to up the campaign. Get as much information as you can about what's going on. The development of Moor Street as the centre of a historic 1916 quarter will not just be a fitting homage to the men and women of that part of our revolutionary history but will be a huge economic regenerative 
project for that part of Dublin's inner city and particularly the main street of the capital. And it will also be of great educational and cultural value and a huge attraction for tourists. So Maradurit May, Arbuihas, Dinadini, Avion, August Go Haraha, the Amelda, the Liz, Honor, August Christina. So, to finish up, I, I uh, became 75 since my last uh, podcast. And when I was 72, I published a little reflection on what it was like to be 72. So I think now following my 75th birthday that this reflection deserves another slightly revised outing. And I might rewrite and republish it again when I get to be 80. Who knows? So here you are. I celebrated my 75th birthday last week. 75 is closer to 80 than it is to 60, or 50, or 40, or 30, or 20. But I know I will never be 60, or 50, or 40, or 30, or 20, ever again. Shanae, that's the way of it. That's life. But will I ever be 80? Nobody knows. That's the mystery of it, the wonder of it, the adventure of it, and the hope. Me? I hope to know my grandchildren's grandchildren, but not too soon, Ahashki. That's impossible, say the naysayers. Nothing is impossible, I reply, content that we will all find out in the end. Well, some of us will. Until then, I will try to live every day like it is my last day, and eventually I will be right. But from now until then, I am sure... The best is yet to come. And finally, finally, the street art that I spoke of in my last podcast where uh, valiant artistic creative souls have repainted uh, drab grey electricity boxes on our street corners here in West Belfast. That work continues to spread. And sterling work has been done by the Gortnamona GAC and I, and I presume by others in Glornamona. But there's a whole pile of brightly coloured electric boxes across Upper Ballamurphy and the Upper Springfield. So keep it going. It brightens our day. It makes us smile. And all of that is to the good. In dreary times, it's good to know that we are still bright and we should be so thankful for the place that we're in and for the part and phase of our history that we enjoy. Shania Harja, let's stand with the people of Palestine. Gunyuri and Ta Livsha, Slan August Vanakti.